hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick and I'm the host. I interview my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if they have the key to life and they feel successful or feel like they don't fit in like I do. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. everyone this bonus episode is dedicated to the wildfires that are both in northern california um, which is actually where all of my extended family is and colorado um, which is equally on fire um, in the high country Um, and so this interview i did was with my friend sarah hoffman who i've been friends with for a number of years and she actually lives in the mountains of colorado so i felt like it was relevant and timely um and i wanted to dedicate this episode to uh wildfire relief so there is going to be a link in the description that you can donate to so that these fires can be put out quickly and effectively um, unfortunately in colorado as well as uh, northern california there's a lot of killwood which is pine beetle killwood, which just incinerates the second it's lit on fire. So um, it's really sad. It's devastating to see um, my home state on fire as well as my current state. But um, if there is any money that you can spare to continue firefighting relief efforts, um, please do so. Thanks. Hey, how's it going? Going good. I don't even know what day it is anymore. Like I looked and it was Friday and I can't believe it. (laughs) I know somewhere in between May and June. Yes, exactly. That's where I'm at. Well, hey everybody, you are listening to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome and the lovely voice you're hearing on the other end is coming to me from the mountains of Colorado. It's Sarah Hoffman. Hi. So Sarah, I'm just going to let you hop into it. Um, What's your elevator pitch? Who are you? What do you do? Et cetera. Yeah, so I am a little small town cornfield girl that decided I wanted to live a different lifestyle. So I kind of boogied out to the mountains from Northern Illinois when I was 26, so about four and a half years ago. And now I'm kind of just living my dream life out here in the mountains. I relocated from Denver about a year ago into the mountains of Gunnison. We're at about 7703 feet in elevation here. And I'm unemployed like 30 plus million Americans. <laughs> but I was recently a bud tender working at a dispensary local in town. So that is slash was my passion. Awesome. Awesome. And so Sarah and I have known each other, I mean, quite a while at this point. I mean, four years because we met right before our mutual friend Sarah Marie um, was moving and you actually when you moved to Denver happened to live right next door to her and she's you know a super good friend of mine and um, so we met kind of around election time in 2016 and we watched the world's worst election happen before our eyes at our mutual friend brewery and we were all flabbergasted. Good Lord, I'll never forget that night. <laughs> no, me either, me either, but whatever. <laughs> but since then, I've kind of kept in touch with you and kind of watched your journey and your process and kind of, like at one point, like I gave you like a piece of furniture that was like an heirloom piece of mine and you still have it. But I'm really excited kind of about like the next steps in your life because right before I moved to San Diego, we had gotten dinner and you told me, you're like, this is my dream and I'm going to do it. And I 
told you like, just go for it. And you did. It took you like a couple more months to kind of figure it out and go, but now you're in Gunnison and you're loving it. Yeah. It was definitely a huge leap and I'm really glad I took the plunge though. I'm very happy out here. Yeah. I'm really happy for you. It sounds like everything's going good. And you know, just like you, I am also unemployed. Um, I got laid off at the start of this as well. And you know, with, with all the 30 million other Americans that are equally unemployed, it does suck. It doesn't feel good. Um, I know you're like me where I'm like a hustler. And so it's hard for me to like not have something to do every day, which is why I podcast. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's just hop into it. So uh, this is a podcast about imposter syndrome, and I find that a lot of my friends identify with it, you included. Um, I find that imposter syndrome tends to uh, go hand in hand with the feeling of success, where you're at in life, fitting in, and all of those things. So we'll start with the first question, which is, do you feel like you have it all figured out? Oh, gosh, no. (laughs) And I feel like I sounded very Midwestern in that sentence. Oh, gosh, no. (laughs) But yeah, as much as I don't, I'm still like stoked with where I'm at in life now, regardless. Um, It took me a long time, 31 years to get to where I'm at, living this dream life that I didn't even know was my dream. So as much as I like kind of get down on myself about not being so far in progress in life, like everyone else is a homeowner, has a family, has kids, you know, I'm still happy with where I'm at in my progress. Yeah, that's great. And I, and I love that you say that because, um, I saw you kind of take a step back and like, look at your bigger picture of like what you have. And, um, so I try to like kind of do that for myself as well, because I took me, I took a weird and winding path to get where, to where I am, but I look back on it and I'm like, well, I wouldn't have the things I have now and I wouldn't be as happy as I am in my life without the things I had to go through to get there. So Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I certainly equally don't feel like I have it all figured out. I think I'm on the path to figure it out though. And I think that's life. You're just kind of slowly getting there. (laughs) Absolutely. Someone said, I don't know what this quote is from, but I know I'm on the right path. I'm just not sure if I'm walking it right. And that's like how I feel right now. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So we'll hop into the biggest question at hand, which is, uh, do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome and what ways, and what does imposter syndrome mean to you? Yeah, absolutely. So I really didn't know what that meant before talking to you about all this. Honestly, I had to like look it up, but (laughs) definitely can relate to it in parts of my life going through different transitions in my career, as well as like currently right now in life. Um, I'd say from getting jobs that I didn't feel qualified for and then finding out later in life, like later in the job itself, that I'm way more qualified than anyone else working in the same position, but it's all within like the company that you're at is how you look at it, I guess, perspective. Um, I started things off being unsure and ended things being very sure and quit that job and know that that's not really a path that I want to go down again. But Mm -hmm. even though I didn't feel qualified for it at the end of the day, it was definitely, I don't know, my skill set was far more qualified than I even imagined that it would be. Um, But that's neither here nor there. I think the more relevant topic towards this would be the unemployment factor. Um, I feel like most Americans right now um, that are on unemployment, I feel very lost and I don't know what to do at this time. Um, It's like beggars can't be choosers, but at the same time, am I going to take on a role or a job that I feel like doesn't suit me or that I'm underqualified for Mm -hmm. just so that I have a job and can get off unemployment. Like 
I'm not really sure where I'm at in that and what to do with it. And I feel undeserving of like the government aid that I'm being given, even though I paid into my taxes for the last like 16 years of work that I have busted my ass over. So I feel kind of weird in that sense um, with the imposter syndrome being applied to unemployment, but that's kind of valid and where I'm at with that in my life right now and current situation. Yeah. And right before we press record on this, I actually, like I told you, I'd read over your answers and like that one really, this really stuck out to me. Um, I was told, and I don't know if you were told this as a kid, but like you don't take a handout. Um, And so for me, like I would quit jobs or I'd be let go from jobs here and there, or I'd be laid off and I would never feel like I was deserving of taking unemployment. It wasn't until COVID happened I was honestly not even going to apply for unemployment. Like my husband, cause I got laid off at the beginning of it. I got laid off, uh, like late March ish, like when it was kind of all coming to a head. And yeah. my husband was like, he's like, well, you don't really need to be working like on my salary alone. Like we should be fine. And so I kind of took that. And, and then he was like, but that doesn't mean you don't deserve the unemployment because you know, you busted your ass. You tried really hard. You, you were a really good employee and like, no one's going to look down at you for taking it during this time because we're in the same boat as so many different people. What I have a hard time with, similar to you, is I'm getting offered things here and there that basically, uh, and not that to not to say are beneath me by any means, but they don't provide the same amount of financial support, unfortunately. And um, I think that we're going to see a very weird workforce because it's going to it's going to be this is going to happen a lot. I have a friend that's in uh, Coronado. She works for the city and they're trying to hire back their furloughed employees and the furloughed employees are making more on unemployment right now than they would be if they were working. And so that's going to be a very interesting way. It's going to hit our economy. Um, and that's not to say that I thought any of the positions were beneath me. It was just that they were con- contract and freelance and they would invalidate my unemployment. And I couldn't do both at the same time as far as what I read into and also, like, no one tells you how to go through this. They make it hard as possible. The fact that I even, like, qualified and could have it, I didn't, I was surprised by. The fact that I made it through the portal to be able to click the button apply after all and submit is, like, flooring to me how difficult that process was. Oh, yeah. And, like, I, it, I had, it's interesting because, like, after I got laid off and then my, my company did another round of layoffs, I was then walking my old sales staff through it because they couldn't figure it out. Yeah. My my dispensary and I, we had about 70% of my dispensary got laid off at the same time. So that's uh, me and about six other bud tenders at the same time. And so we're all conversing, you know, trying to walk each other through it. Hey, how far have you gotten in the process? Hey, did it ask you for this? Did it need that? And it was even more confusing because my dispensary had gotten bought out. So I had two different owners, two different companies, two different businesses under one business name. And I had to explain that to unemployment somehow, some way to make it make sense. But thankfully I did. Um, no thanks to calling their 800 number. Yeah. Um, oops, dog's fighting <laughs> in the background. Don't worry. <laughs> Everything's fine. Um, but yeah, they sure don't make it easy to apply. So for the fact that we got through the process alone makes me feel somewhat deserving. But I see families of my friends that don't qualify because they're small yeah. business owners and I see them struggling and it's like, I don't even want to talk to them about my life and my spending and my finances because I feel guilty that they're struggling as a family and I'm a single person that's just fine being taken care of by the government. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's like, that's a difficult thing. And I think it's interesting. It's kind of hard to unwrap it because um, I think there's a lot of pride in, in that statement. And there's a lot of, and I think there, a lot of us do feel guilty. Like I sometimes feel, and I'm not trying to like sound holier than now, but I sometimes feel guilty because I'm in a better financial situation sometimes than other people might be. And, and it's not like, I, I, I don't know, I'm really good with my money. I'm a hard worker. Like I, you know, my husband and I are equally very good with our money and our investments and our savings and stuff. And so sometimes it's really hard because I, being a military spouse and being in a military community, I see families struggling. And Absolutely. I don't have those same problems, but I also have been taking my unemployment and I've been reinvesting it back into service or takeout or donations or my bartender friends or, you know, something that helps a small business. That's kind of how I've been trying to justify having it. Absolutely. I can, every time I purchase something, I did get the stimulus, Trump stimulus check, by the way. Thank you, President Trump. And <laughs> every time I purchase something going back in the to my local economy with it, I would say, thank you, President Trump. You're boosting our local economy, you know, <laughs> and that is what that's for. But I think it's really important for people to not only apply it in that way, but to think about how these small businesses and these families aren't receiving the same type of government aid. And that while we are fortunate enough to receive it, we can help make the world go around and help our neighbors mm -hmm. out by putting it back in towards their local businesses. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. Okay. I'm kind of cracking up. I kind of have to go off topic here. My mom accidentally butt dialed me yeah. and I had to text her and be like, I'm in the middle of something. Like, what do you need? She's like, oops, <laughs> I don't know how I did that. <laughs> so, um, so now, yeah. hey, Sandy. <laughs> hey, Sandy. How you doing? But, yeah. So I, another thing you kind of touched on, which I think is important too, is the feeling of not feeling qualified for the positions you had, but then realizing you had, you were qualified for them. I can definitely relate to that kind of, um, and for me, it's like, I always knew I had the skill set for what I had the title for at my previous position or in past things. But sometimes I'd be my own worst enemy because you feel like, okay, when are they going to come in here and tell me that I'm like, shouldn't be here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when like, are they going to find are they gonna out? Pull the plug and be like, all right, lady, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. When, and at the end of the day, I did that position for a little over a year. And when I went to leave, I had all of the people that I worked for saying, no, don't, no, please, we're going to be so screwed without you. And I'm mm -hmm. here like, are you sure? <laughs> like, I think y'all might be better off, but if you say so. <laughs> oh, no, that's not true. I mean, from what I've like known of you as a person, like you're very outgoing, you're very ambitious, you're very humble, but you're also like super creative you always had really good ideas when it came to like how you would manage things or even when you were bartending, like how you would have, like have fun on your shift. Like you always kind of had good ideas to keep company morale. And that's like actually the sign of a really good leader. So when you were in management, I'm sure that like you were like the boss that people actually looked up to and respected. Yeah. It is humbling, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so we touched on imposter syndrome and kind of how you're navigating through it. And I can definitely empathize and relate right now, but what does success um, look to you? And do you feel successful? Um, kind of on the same sort of subject as are you on the right path? Somewhat. I feel like, like there is success in the things in my life. When I look at where I live um, in one of the most beautiful places in the country mm -hmm. and I live comfortably and I'm surrounded by people that love me and that I love them and I have great dogs and it's a good life, but like 
do I have a house that I own? No. Do I have a job? No. I don't have like everything that would make me feel like 100% successful in life, but I know I have the fundamentals that are going to get me there. I feel like my dream of success is going to be sitting on a nice sunny deck in the morning, drinking my coffee, watching my dogs run around the yard and looking at like a beautiful mountain view. And once I have that, I'll let everybody know with tons of pictures that I will blow up on my social media all the time. (laughs) But until then, like I'm getting there. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I I always say this, but I had a guest once that told me like, okay, we should never be, everyone's always got a highlight reel. Like you don't see the bloopers and the outtakes, but I mean, I'm a homeowner. I've only recently become a homeowner. I don't, I don't know if that makes you successful because yes, you have an investment of course, but at the same time, I think there's so much success in other things in your life. Like, um, you know, you're very much an advocate for sober living. You're very much an advocate for, you know, being a good person, doing the right thing. So I think there's a lot of success in a lot of things you have and you're on the path. You've met a wonderful person that like, you know, you've been quarantining with and it just happened to work out. You've got an awesome dog. You know, you're doing all the things that a year ago you told me you wanted. Yeah. Which I think is even more powerful. And I agree. Like, I don't have a job right now, of course, but at the same time, I look at my life. I look at kind of where I'm at. I look at all of the people and experiences I've had and I'm like, I'm just so grateful for them. Um, regardless of the material, tangible things. And I think that's something I've always loved about you is that you just, you always see the good. I try. I feel (laughs) like it's hard. (laughs) Over the years, I think one of the most things that I feel successful about is that I've lived in quite a few places and I've met a ton of different people throughout like my jobs and just in the neighborhood of just passing by occurrences, even you. And (laughs) I just, I'm very grateful for all of the people in my life that just make it that much better. And I have that support system and my tribe, my people, they're probably like one of the main things that I feel successful about that makes me Yeah, happy. Yeah, I, 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 always, I always set a uh, New Year's resolution every year and the resolution is never a resolution, it's just be a good person. Yeah. <laughs> and as long as I'm doing that every year, year over year, I feel successful. Hell yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So we've kind of touched on all of the, uh, the above the, uh, housekeeping. Now we get to my favorite thing in the whole world, which is when I ask my guests about things they're fanatical about and unpopular opinions. Um, currently for me, I am fanatical about the fact that my front yard is almost my dream front yard. Um, we bought the house in September and it had these ugly, fucking bushes and they're full of bees, which I'm all about saving the bee population, but my husband is deathly allergic. So uh, we got them ripped out. We got new turf put in and we just power wash and we're sitting the fence. We now have lights up and tarps so we can sit out in the sun and enjoy like our morning coffee. It's, it's at a point now where I'm starting to feel like it's home oh, yeah. um, and no longer someone else's house. And now like we've made it our own because actually this house um, was, was a uh, manufacturer somewhat manufactured home that was put on a lot and then the owner rented it out for nine years and in renting it out for nine years did nothing with it and then tried to sell it so we've had to make a lot of changes but it's nice to kind of feel like we're at a point where we can almost do and be and not have to like do projects all the time we're like we're at the tail end of our house projects which feels really good because we will be actually renting this out when we move to Hawaii um come next year but 
but we're excited for now to make it just a little bit more livable for us. And then when we come back, we plan to like fully redo it. But <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm fanatical about. Just like being in my house and actually enjoying it. Um, how about you? Um, my fanatics right now are currently plants and gardening. Um, Love it. I'm kind of obsessed and I counted like 32 plants in just one corner of my living room. So Ooh, I don't I even love that. keep going to the rest of my house. Um, but yeah, I have a problem and I'm going to start trying to do like a vegetable, a mini vegetable Ooh. garden because I don't have any space for it. Um, I'm going to do a lot of like pots and buckets and put it on like my stairs of my patio. And I signed up for the CSU offers an extension, like their mm -hmm. extension office offers all these gardening free classes right now. So I've been taking advantage of those and taking those little courses to try to get my green thumb greener. Love it. And so, um, you know, what's funny is that Sarah Marie, so for my listeners, um, at this point, this will have released and the June 1st episode is actually when Sarah's episode released. She nice. said the same thing. Oh. She has so many plants and now Chris, her boyfriend is getting mad at her <laughs> to the point where she like texts me and she's like, I got a secret plan today. I <laughs> She's like, don't be suspicious. <laughs> but I love that. I think, you know, this obsession, um, happy. it makes me happy. And it's also, I've started to poison my boyfriend's mind with it and he's starting to really love it. And it's They're so common. cute. We planted like some wildflowers and pots and he like goes oh, out yeah. and checks on them and it's like, Oh, look, some more sprouts. <laughs> my, is my issue is that my husband, um, he over loves things. So we just, we're starting to plant in citrus trees in our front yard. So we have an orange tree already. That's like, it flourishes. It, it, it it's a late bloomer. So it, it, it's harvest is like late, like, like September through like January is when it has fruit basically. And then we got a lime tree and a lemon tree where we replaced the bushes and we, an avocado tree is coming today. And so, but he keeps over watering everything and I'm like, just let it do its thing, babe. And he's like, well, I just, I don't know if it's okay. And I'm like, well, you can't see the action happening. You just have to like, as just assume that the tree is going to do what it needs to do because trees grow in the wild as well. And they're fine. Um, yeah. And I guess like with it, if anything, like I kind of am similar as well, which is why I'm a dog person because dogs show you unconditional love. Plants don't tell you what they need and then you think for them and then I end up killing them. So <laughs> I yeah. just am trying to let them do their thing. And if they look a little wilty or dead, then I'll water them. But right now I'm just trying to give them their space because I have new plant babies. I have one, two, three, four new ones. I have um, killed a cactus, which is impressive because mm -hmm. they're supposed to be the hardiest, like, not proud of that one but I have been doing <laughs> the regrowing your vegetable clippings from the store method Ooh. and I really like that it's fun with romaine you just put it in a cup of water and it grows a whole new little bushel of romaine after like a month well that's not bad and I just leave it on a shelf like under some lights in my living room Oh, I like that. So another thing that um, is kind of funny too with killing plants. So I had these succulents that were in my bedroom and it was, you know, I was like, maybe like they need, they look like they're dying. Maybe they need to go out in the sun and have some, have some sun. And I put it next to my other plant clippings that my friends had given us when we first moved into uh, our apartment in San Diego from their yard, put it next to it. Well, then we got like so much rain for like weeks and weeks and weeks and it killed them. And I, and I, and I was like, oh no, I can't even like, 
<laughs> I thought I was doing the right thing and I ended up killing them and I felt so bad about it. I was like, I could have just left them in my bedroom and they would have been fine. It's so sad. When I know. I yeah, I've done it to you. Don't worry. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I have like, I have my friend, like friends that like tell me like, do this. And then I like do the opposite. Cause I just like have ADHD and can't, yeah. Oh, it follow instructions correctly so there's that <laughs> yeah um I'm, but i love that that's like a really healthy thing right now i think that's awesome and i'm excited for your little vegetable garden um okay so this is a favorite one of mine what is one or a few unpopular opinions you have and why my example is always that i believe cantaloupe is absolute garbage trash throw it away throw it out um mine are weird and like about food to, like yeah. <laughs> I do this weird thing where I add extra butter and Parmesan cheese to my popcorn and people think it smells like dirty feet. Um, I think it's delicious. And it I'm is glad, delicious. I'm glad you don't want any because I will eat the whole bowl. Um, <laughs> other things like I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart with the boyfriend mm -hmm. lately and I will only be Yoshi. I refuse to be any other character. And he's always Wario, and I hate him for it. Yeah. It's a me, Wario. I hate it. <laughs> My husband's always Waluigi, and it annoys the crap out of me. I'm like, just be uh, Luigi. I, I sat around, <laughs> and I talked crap about every character except for Yoshi, and I realized that, that I hate them all except Yoshi. There's a, there's a bath bomb company that has been following me around the Instagrams and I finally broke down and bought it because I kept getting served ads. I love Yoshi. I kept getting served ads for this like Yoshi egg bath bomb. So I purchased it. I was all excited. I was like, oh boy, it's going to have a Yoshi toy inside. I'm going to be like, I'm a, I'm a 31 year old woman almost. And I was like, yes, I'm going to get a figurine out of it. So excited. Oh, I throw it in the bathtub. I'm like getting in. I'm like, oh boy, what's it going to be? Fucking Mario. Uh, Mario, I wanted Yoshi. And then I went to the website because I was so mad about it. Like, I, I don't know. I wasn't that mad. I was just like disappointed by it. And I was like, well, this, I have to get another one. And they were sold out. And I was like, no. Everyone <laughs> wanted a Yoshi so real quick. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't think that's bad. My husband and I actually do the same thing with the uh, Parmesan and popcorn. I've been doing it since college because I think someone I knew do, did it. And I think it tastes better personally. Um, and I don't, I know it smells weird and people don't like that, but you don't want those people in your life. <laughs> right. Um, um, also my other, my last one unpopular opinion is that marijuana is better than alcohol. Hands down. I'll, I'll say it over and over again, but not everybody's on that tip. You know, there is a, there is validity to having a green and sober life. Um, I have a friend out here that is, um, she does not drink alcohol anymore, but she's, she is green um, and she will smoke marijuana. And I know that there's like a ton of medicinal purposes for it. I know that it's like a better, healthier thing to do. All of that jazz. For me though, marijuana makes me so, and I, and everyone goes, you're not doing the right stream. No, it makes me anxious, paranoid, hungrier than my fat ass already should be. And mm -hmm. it just, it doesn't relax me. So it's not for me, but I definitely don't care if my friends imbibe in marijuana. I also don't because my husband can't because he's in the military. So yeah. um, I don't keep it in our house and stuff. But like at the same time, like I have no negatives to say if that's how people want to live their life, it, there's a lot worse things to be doing. Um, and alcohol is very bad for you. And so personally for me, like I've cut way, way back um, due to family illness, but also like I've cut way back because I know that it's best for my health. And especially with um, 
learning that I have ADHD and having to take medication, there's um, risks involved with mixing. So I'm just very much more alert and aware of my drinking. Yeah. Um, and I don't drink for the same reasons that I used to anymore. I think in going to therapy and kind of working on myself, I've realized that like, if I need to drink to be in a social situation, then I shouldn't be there. So, um, yeah, so I, I like that. I think it's a, I think it's a really great thing. And to my listeners, um, you know, Colorado and California are states where it is technically legal. So don't at me. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to talk with anyone that wants to about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and her her stuff will be in the description. If you want to ask her any questions about it. Um, she also formerly was a bud tender. So she's very knowledgeable about marriage wands and the green effects. (laughs) Oh, I would say also in, in just to backtrack, I'm very much obsessed with making edibles lately. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I forgot about that one. That's hey, my why new, not? <laughs> that's a new one. That's um, cool. But yeah, I don't, I don't hate, like, I don't hate on people that drink and I still hang out with people that drink and it's just not for me. Yeah. I deal with anxiety and depression and I've found that even casual light drinking can bother those mm-hmm. effects for me. And it's just not worth it personally for me. And I'm very much like everybody's to each their own and it doesn't bother me. And I'm totally cool with being around it. Yeah. Um, Just, it's a personal choice that I Mm -hmm. opt out of. And also you saw the worst of the worst. I mean, you worked at Wyman's (laughs) and it was just a former bartender of 10 years. And And it's, it's, yeah, Denver is a different kind of drinking that I've never seen. I've never seen replicated. San Diego's not that bad. I it's mean, like an it Olympic is, sport. It, yeah, it's like, okay, breakfast, mimosas, then we're going to Bloody Mary, then we're going to go to the breweries, then we're going to do this, then we're going to do that, then we're going to go play cornhole. It's like, it's like you have to like strap in. And I didn't realize like how much I drank until I moved here. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I've drank quite a bit and I'm still not feeling anything. Oh, shoot. Like, it's because I was at altitude. And now I actually have a very low tolerance. So yeah. it's, I'm, it's, it's nice to be a human again. Right. It's crazy. Cause when drinking. Yeah. Because that was my only frame of reference. I was, you know, I, I was 21 in my 20s in Denver. I never knew anything differently. And it's interesting because I, I, I think back on it, like even my husband who's like moved to Denver was like, this is nuts like this is all you guys do and it was like yeah this is all we do and I don't know why because Denver's like such a cool place like I don't know why the alcohol was such a huge factor I don't know either I just think about how I lived in Cap Hill for two and a half years and just like some of my favorite pastimes were just chilling on my front stoop with my neighbors enjoying a cold beverage you know and yeah I don't know if it's like the socializing aspect Mm -hmm. that made it so easy or what made me just like fall into it but I was and I'm glad I'm out of it yeah yeah and I'm proud of you for that I think I you know I know that that's been like a really powerful decision for you um I think it's good for your health and I'm proud of you about it and also like I don't judge I actually have a really close friend out here and she's um she's been sober for five years and um and she's just like she had this post the other day that was talking about like why do we like vilify um, people who d- choose not to drink and yet, and like, you know, and also vilify people who choose not to have children. Like, why is it anyone's opinion? Like, why doesn't it, why does it matter? And if I, I can still go out with you. I just, I'm not drinking alcohol. I'm not judging you. Yeah. And I think that that's hard for people to grasp is that like, it's okay to be the one that's not imbibing and it's okay to be 
in a social sitting situation around it. And like, if, if, if that's the only thing that keeps a friendship together, then sis, we all got to get new friends. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> I had a really bad experience in Denver once, um, towards the end of me living there, mm -hmm. I'd say about this time last year, um, I was going through a sobriety break and I was trying to also still be social and go mm -hmm. out with friends. And we ended up at Don's Tavern Uh oh. and this mutual friend's girlfriend was just very persistent and like, oh, you don't have a drink in your hand. What do you want? Let me get it for you. And I was like, no, Yikes. I'm good. Thanks though. What? And like, she like wouldn't take no for an answer and was very aggressive about it to the point where I like Irish goodbye and took an Uber home. I didn't even want to hang. Like, I love it. that you Irish goodbye and you weren't even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I will say? Okay. So for my listeners, Dawn's is this seedy, I'm sure it's out of business now, seedy little bar. It's like an uptown, which is just north of downtown. Um, it, and you, you would go there if your live, if your goal was to drink rubbing alcohol, you would go there. So they had this it's happy owned by hour. The same people of Wyman, by the way. Oh yeah. And you would go there and they would, oh my God, like I went there for happy hour once and I made the mistake of driving and I will never do that again. Like I had to like, Uber myself. It was awful. Um, and it's like the, the shot was like an entire, I don't even know, like shaker glass. It was, it was bad. Like I, mean, I love, don't get me wrong. I love the bartender. Yeah. There. Yeah. They, they were really of, nice. Some of oh my, my friends, gosh. But yeah, you go there if you're looking to black out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think like, that's something my husband and I have been talking about too. It's like, now that I've been in quarantine and you know me, I'm an extremely social person. I'm always doing something. And now that I've been in quarantine for 70 days, um, and most of it by myself, I feel uncomfortable leaving my house now. And I don't know if I will ever feel comfortable going out to dinner again, or if I'll ever feel comfortable um, going to bars with my friends without feeling like, ooh, this is not good. <laughs> I feel the same way. And I'm really glad you brought that up because I felt like kind of alone in that feeling where mm -hmm. I'm like, I feel like this has almost conditioned me to like, I'm okay with this life. And I don't really care yeah. if, if. Yeah also being a former server and bartender, knowing that that industry is shot. And that's not something that I mm. would ever consider going back to for a career. But at the same time, you know, I just, I'm feeling, I'm feeling the anxiety and I feel like hermit, hermity, if, is that a word? Hermity? Yeah, um, you're just feeling like a homebody, I guess. Yeah. Like you'd yeah, rather be like, home. My boyfriend has good friends in Denver and he was trying to say, Hey, let's go, you know, at the end of the month and head out and visit them. And I'm like, yeah, totally. And all on board, but like inside, I was like screaming completely. Like my skin was crawling, thinking about leaving my little mountain town and going to that like plethora <laughs> of Denver, that is Denver of all of the people. And my small little mountain town is safer. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I don't know about, but I'm, I'm gonna do it, but like, it makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, and in, in, in California, as as uh, we're interviewing today, is the twenty uh, second of May. Uh, yesterday, Cal uh, San Diego got the green lights to open up restaurants and bars, and uh, Pacific Beach decided to shit the literal bed with it. Um, it was supposed to be you can if you're a restaurant and you had strict um, strict and like 
written off, like you can open, you can do this six feet of table separation, partitions between the tables, uh, the servers are wearing a mask, you're wearing a mask unless you're eating, like all of oh, these rules in place, like it just, why would you want to? Pacific Beach was like, F that, and just let as many people as they wanted into their bar. You didn't even have to buy food. And so thank you very much, Pacific Beach. You're always a gosh darn disappointment, <laughs> but especially especially yesterday I really did not appreciate seeing that today it was a bummer because like how were we how were we as a society supposed to heal you know Ugh, yeah anyway so for me that just like I looked at that picture and it gave me complete anxiety I was like oh my god and then I thought back and it's like that's I used to love going to a packed and crowded bar I used to love going to Hillcrest I used to love doing all these things and now I can't even picture myself doing it anymore if anything COVID and quarantine has made me a value small gatherings so much more and made me kind of cultivate who I want to spend my time with a lot more. So absolutely. My yeah. I have a really good friend out here in Denison. Like, okay, let's start hanging out again, but like we're gonna limit mm -hmm. like the amount of social groups that we're yep. hanging out in. Exactly. And, like, limit it to just like a few couples or like a few families and maybe that's like our social circle for the time being and mm -hmm. the rest you know we can slowly add back in over time as this calms down but right just there's just so much we don't know and mm -hmm. ah I'm I've been I hate to admit this but I've almost been shoving my head in the sand of the subject because of how much anxiety it gives me right and like just kind of gone on that rogue like okay let's just like in our small group of friends remain that well that's interesting that you say that because on my end as well like i have to be very careful with who i interact with as well and so for me um the only people that i'm like like if you come over to my house you can sit in my front yard we can socially distance we can wear masks that, that's fine that's no problem but the people that i'm willing to risk getting six feet or closer to they all happen to be military because military has the same level of restrictions and we're required to follow them so i'm not allowed to travel i'm not allowed to uh i'm technically i only one person from our household is allowed to be leaving and that kind of stuff so i'm really careful with who i spend my time with so i you know i'm i'm the people that i interact with are spouses themselves or they are military families that i know i've been strictly following the same guidelines and so i think that that is interesting that that's kind of like where our world is at where like we almost feel like we can't trust anyone anymore Absolutely. My county um, specifically has a travel ban for locals and tourists that we cannot leave the county or enter the county until the 27th of May. Oh, wow. Um, the Texas Attorney General actually filed a lawsuit with my county because of their restricting second homeowners from entering. Oh, my gosh. And it was like a huge, like, sticky, windy road of like the state of Texas versus Gunnison County. <laughs> Leave so it ridiculous. Leave oh, it Texas. <laughs> oh, Colorado. I miss Colorado in so many ways, but, right. uh, you know, I will say the quirks are just funny to me sometimes when I see Absolutely. it back. And I'm still a Colorado voter, so I will be voting in the Colorado election. So, Ooh. yeah. Awesome. Well, I think we're kind of winding down. So I always like to give a floor to my guests for whatever you might like to promote about yourself or anything that's kind of making you happy right now. Oh yeah. Um, this community that I'm in right now, the Gunnison County, I'm talking about Crested Butte as well as Gunnison, mm -hmm. is just really 
exploring me with how they've come together during all of this. Um, a specific shout out that I want to give is to a business owner in Crested Butte, Kylina Falzone. Um, I'm not sure if it's Falzone or Falzone, but she's the owner of the Secret Stash Pizza as well as Bones, um, which is a popular Mexican restaurant in Crested Butte. Mm -hmm. where, as we all know, all of these restaurants are closed down right now. And this woman has taken it upon herself to use her business to feed the locals. Um, I think it's going on 55 days straight. She has been feeding the locals for free based on uh, donations that she is gathering. And can you believe that this woman every day at 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. has a stand set out giving away a meal as in like, uh, make your own taco kit or make your own pizza kit to all these people that rely on the tourism to fund their lives that is just completely been ripped away from them and have nothing else to go yeah. off of besides unemployment. And this lady is doing everything that she can in all sorts of different avenues of the community. She's putting hosting free farmers markets where also run by donations from the community and also second homeowners that aren't even allowed to come to the community are funding these free meals. It's amazing. And it is really astounding to watch this happen and be part of a community that cares so much about each other. Yeah. Um, she's even taking businesses not related with restaurants and trying to sell their things, trying to promote their things that they can't normally sell in their shops. Um, it's just, she's a really awesome person. I don't even know her personally, mm -hmm. but I want to make sure that the world knows her and knows what she's doing for us. That's uh, amazing. And on each episode, I do a happiness plug. So uh, I will reach out to her and see if she wouldn't mind if I do that for her in one of my upcoming episodes or this one. We'll see. Um, I, all of the information uh, for that will end up being in the description as well as how to get in touch with Sarah. Um, well, we are winding down. Do you have any parting words for my listeners? Um, don't forget to love yourselves and your neighbors. These are tough and crazy times and just be graceful y'all that's all I gotta say <laughs> well I love it oh, thank you so much for taking the time to interview with me on my podcast today I miss you very much my beautiful friend and I'm so happy for where things are heading in your life and all of that and I can't wait for either me to come visit you or you to come visit me as soon as this crazy shit is all over um but thank you Agreed. And thanks for having me. And I miss your beautiful face as well. Aww, okay. Well, I'll talk to you later. Bye and have a great day. You too. Bye. Hey listeners, I wanted to share a special promotion for you from Dash of Pep. Dash of Pep is a clothing boutique that offers non-binary clothing that has fun prints that support mental health and empowering you to be your best self. In this pandemic, it is great to shop small and support small businesses like Dash of Pep. More than 50% of my wardrobe is from her adorable store. Robin at Dash of Pep has graciously given me a promo code for you to use at checkout. Use P-D-K-M-O to receive 15% off your order. Again, that is www.dash of pep.com and you can enter pdkmo at checkout to receive 15% off your order. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at P. 
podcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support. And I look forward to, you know, connecting with you again next Monday.